Hello and welcome to the pep talk. You're here with your two favorite bald frauds, Sam and Jason, talking about everything Manchester City. We're here for another week of fun stuff all around the Premier League and especially with Manchester City. Jason, how are you feeling today? Yeah, man. Good, good. We're doing a bit of a role reversal today. Your morning, so that's why you sound groggy instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm yep. doing the I'm doing the, the night shift today. So a bit of a role reversal. But no, I'm feeling good, man. Look, City are undefeated. We're six from six. Can't complain really, can we? United but- still don't have any wingers. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not a complaint. <laughs> no, definitely not a complaint. It's just funny. <laughs> It is indeed funny. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But, uh, yeah, th- there is always things that are wrong, even though we're winning, um, you know, which we'll, we'll jump. We're going to jump. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about, you know, red cards, injuries, etc. cetera. Um, but otherwise, things are great on, on the Man City side. How are you yeah. feeling about everything so far? Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good. Honestly, you know, obviously, other than the red card, which we'll get to, but in terms of the act, like, you can't complain about winning six of six, and you can't complain about um, the way we've played, essentially dominated the majority of most of these games, um, and also just the... And we'll talk about this too, just the great impact that our new guys have had so quickly, which has yeah. just been awesome. Yeah, I think I think that's something that's uh, an interesting talking point, to be honest, before we get into the game. You know, the, how the new guys have fitted into this team this season. You know, like I remember us talking in, in, in the window period where it's like, oh, we're going to need, you know, Nunes and Dooku and all these players are going to need time to actually you know, get into into the team and get, you know, become good. But because of our little injury crisis that we've had, we've been forced to play these players. And because of that, we're seeing them actually produce results. You know, none of these players have needed any betting in time. It's absolutely crazy. Like Doku, like, we, like me and you have talked about Doku a lot, how good his decision-making is and based on his statistics – his decision making was like fantastic. You know, if if you have such a high success successful dribble rate, you're you're more more than likely going to 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 be successful. But we did not expect his decision making to be this good. He knows when to go and he knows when to pass. And Nunes just looks like he's just fit in. And Kovacic, I don't even want to talk about Kovacic. He's like he's been part of the team for about five years. Yeah, both <laughs> Kovacic and. I, that's what I was going to say is like we forget that Kovacic and Guardiola, it's their first season too. Yeah. And yeah. it's like Guardiola, I guess I expected it more just because defenders, it's usually easier for them to. It is, yeah. It, to assimilate. And also, Guardiola's like a generational talent, right? Um, so I, I expected him to kind of come into the team a little easier. Um, Kovacic. I expected it to be, I guess, an easier time to assimilate yeah, you, you, just because he's you, the consummate professional. Yeah, and you called it. You said he's played. He's played in the Sari team and the Madrid teams and etc. You just you said he'll he'll be fine. And yeah, right but on. I he, he, he I just <laughs> I still didn't expect this. Like I didn't expect him <laughs> to look like he looks like he's been playing here for ten years immediately. I didn't yeah. expect that. I expected you know, obviously he'll. And I, I do think he'll keep improving, but I did not expect that's, this. That's the scary part, right? So, this team is not in its final form yet, and they look really good. Yeah, you know, usually, usually City takes a bit of time to ramp up in the early season as they figure things out, but it doesn't look like we're, we're missing a beat since last season at all. We, we've just continued our form. Added in four different new players, slightly new system, and we're just going ahead. You know what was funny, actually, about Kovacic? I don't know if you heard this quote or not. I think I said it once before, but um, Juan Malio was asked about Kovacic when Pep was out, and 
they basically asked him like, Hey, do you, are you surprised that Kovacic has done so well so early? And Juan Malia goes, well, you know, not really. He's Balkan, so <laughs> I just I just laughed at that because it's like Juan Malio is not really one of the guys that does the regular coach speak. He he kind of speaks <laughs> yeah. his mind, and he's like, "No, I I kind of expected this. You know, he's Balkan, so it, it won't really take him any time." <laughs> yeah. Now no, I'm I'm really impressed with with the newcomers. And I'm looking forward forward to see how they develop across the season. So Doku and Nunez, especially because they're young and because they've got a lot of potential, I feel like they're just, they're just going to get better as the season goes on. And they've got more tests to come. So Rodri being out means we're, we're finally finally going to see. So if you haven't noticed, Rodri's played like almost every minute besides a couple subs uh, towards the end of games. But otherwise, he's played almost every minute. He's, it's like over 95%. Um so we'll finally see this team without Rodri and it's a huge test for it's going to be it's most likely going to be a midfield of like Nunes and um Kovacic and Bernardo so that's going to be interesting to see how we deal with Rodri but it's kind of like the way this season has has gone I'm confident that Pep will figure something out to make it work because if, if based on how this season has gone it's just like we're doing Things basically trial by fire because we're forced to. So it's kind of a good thing in a way. It's better to happen this early in the season rather than it happening in the tail end of the season in March or April where you're playing a you know, vital Champions League knockout game and you have to try a whole new system because Rodri's missing and we don't want to play Phillips. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with the game because we did play a game as crazy as that. Oh, did we? Um, did we? I think we played forty-five I minutes. Know. I don't. I don't. I don't remember anything out of the next forty-five minutes. <laughs> we played it's, half the game. <laughs> for tactics, that's why it's so hard to analyze the game. I didn't even do a tactics thread on it because I'm, <laughs> I thought, like, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, I, I um, actually watched the game again, and we'll get into this in a bit. But just a quick point on it: the second half was. Yeah, like I'm like I'm like, why am I watching this? this I, I'm not learning anything. I'm not seeing anything. It's just, well, but we'll you talk can't about really it. take much away from well, from <laughs> when there's ten men. So yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's let's get I into mean, it. Lineup. Yeah. Did you anything anything surprising from the lineup for you? No, it, it yeah. pick, picked itself. It picks itself really. <laughs> there's yeah. there's pretty little surprise because Grealish wasn't fully fully fit yet. Bernardo yep. was out. And yep. Yeah. It, it, so it picks itself. And uh, unless, the only unless the thing that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> the only thing that didn't pick itself was Ake and Vardiol or, you know, the back line in general. But yeah. Yeah, yeah basically. Can't, can't complain about the lineup. Agree. Agree on that. All right. First um, half. So we, <laughs> we get in this first half. And we we played amazing football in that first half. It is it's probably one of the more crisper first halves. You this season has been a bit of a second half season, so like we're usually good in the second half and you know not so great in the first, or we're not as clinical or not as crisp in the first half. But this first twenty five to forty minutes was absolutely mental. We we just we were toying with Nottingham at one point. I feel. Yeah, I think. One thing we need to remember is Nottingham Forest is a decent team. They're not like Luton Town. They're they'll probably stay up this season. Is my guess. Yeah, they will. In, they will. They've been in every game so far. Yeah, they are. They are your typical mid mid table Premier League club this season for me. Yeah, and it looked like it really looked like in the first half that this was going to be one of those like five nails. That said, he just cruised to like scored yeah. in what the fourth minute of the game. Walker is like crashing into the box, <laughs> and Foden with a beautiful finish. And there's just that f- left and right, like you could tell. You could even look at the the Forest players' face, and they're like, "What the hell are we going to fir- do?" That, yeah, that first goal. You know, since we're talking about that Foden goal, what was it? Forty-seven passes before the goal. Yeah, 46 right. passes. 46 passes, right? And then the shot. 
and you had the Rodri over the top to Walker, Walker to Foden, and then Foden just smashes it straight into the corner with a bounce with a bounce kick. That whole sequence of play was it was it was typical typical Pep Guardiola City, but it was fantastic, right? It was just like and this is what I mean by like it's probably the best we've looked in the first half. Everything everything was just flowing. It was crisp, easy. And you're just like, okay, we're we're about to smash this team about five six nil, <laughs> like that's what it looked like in the, after the first five minutes, to be honest. Yeah, and I think what was really cool was Walker's like presence of mind to pass it back to Foden because you're like in the box. It's very easy to just kind of take a shot there from a not so good angle, but he like he actively put it back to Foden, and Foden just smashed it in the corner. Yeah, it was a great finish by Ferdinand, great pass by Walker. Talking of Walker, he's he's had a really good start to this season. You know, for, yeah. for, for a player that we thought would be out, that we thought was aging, that we thought, you know, potentially he's going to get limited minutes going forward if he did stay um, with either Akanji or, or Stones playing that right back slash, you know, going to the middle role. He's just played almost every minute. He's played more minutes than Rodri, I'm pretty sure. So Yeah, and he, he a lot of the time it's been like real high and wide too. Like he's been a big contributor to City's attack. He hasn't just been like, you know, a, a defender just staying back waiting for counterattacks. Yeah, and, and I I feel like this is this game, you know, even without the goal, that without the assist to, to Foden. I think it was his probably better attacking game as well from from a, from attacking point of view. Like usually we don't look the greatest when he's attacking or you know the way he crosses or you know his movement on on that wing. But I feel like he's he's playing the role a lot better. Um, obviously he, he he's readjusting to this new role of his where he's playing high and wide, um, <clears throat> and he's doing it really really well. He's getting really he's getting better at it. I'd say, um, and and that's just good news for us because it gives us another way of playing. It's, it's just another way for us to, to unlock teams. And using Kyle Walker was not on my bingo list for 2023-2024 season, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting because he, like, provides the width on that side. But like you said, like, he's not going to, like, whip and crosses. That's not his That's not his thing. But he like, his pace is so scary that it can... It forces defenses to respect him and to at least watch out for that because he can still get in behind and put a cross in across the ground at the very least or, or, you know, make things happen that way. So it's honestly, it kind of reminds me of like the threat that Sterling and Sané used to pose. He's obviously using, not using the pace. Yeah, because we've got Doku on yeah. the other side as well. Yeah, well, he's. He's obviously not Sterling or Sané, right? Like he's. I'm not maybe saying finish, that. Maybe he finishes better than Sterling. <laughs> maybe, but he's obviously not those guys. But in terms of like the threat in behind, he he has to be, and that's what you saw in the first goal is is that the threat, the pace that is a threat and that can stretch a defense. I think Doku's very different. Like Doku doesn't do that really like he, he's a ball defeat winger he's not running in behind where guys are really chasing him um he's he'll beat you and then run past you <laughs> but yeah he, he's not like a like an off the ball making those runs in behind really that often um, so it was really great goal like perfect pass from Rodri and well well set up well set up for sure Second goal, much of the same. More passes, more good, great cross over the top, and then Nunez. Nunez making a run into the box. He's he's done this a few times, right? So he's, I think we called it at last last game where he ran into the box, provided a bit of space for Bernardo to assist Haaland um, against West Ham on on the third goal, and he's done it again in this game a couple times, and then he done it for this goal where he got received the pass, and then just plays it over the top perfectly to Haaland. He's yeah, he's surprising me to be honest. I I didn't expect him to a be this good this early, 
or be this comfortable this early. But he he just he looks like he's been part of the team for a couple of years as well. So great assist yeah. again, great ball movement, <laughs> just perfect cross to Harlan's head, and Harlan finally finished his first first chance. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the entire move was really good because it started with an Alvarez pass into Foden. And if you saw it, like, Nunez left it, too. Like, Nunez was right over it and, like, dummy to to let it go to... Foden's through ball was amazing, right? And then you have Nunez running on the end of it and just pinpointing that cross right on the Holland's head, right? Like... It wasn't just him flashing the ball across the box. It was like a pinpoint, like uh, over three defenders right onto Holland's head. That was absolutely beautiful. And what was interest, what's been interesting so far about Nunez is he has played this box to box role. Like when we play in a midfield diamond, which we sometimes do. Uh, he's been in this more like box to box role, and yeah, he he he's looked great so far. His just his energy, his um, his pace, his intensity. Like even when the other team wins the ball, like Nunez is just running all over the midfield to try to win the ball back. And sometimes he'll commit a foul, but that's fine. It's essentially more of a tactical foul than anything. But he's um. Yeah, I just I love his skills and I guess the thing that's most surprising to me is his ball delivery is really good. Like even when, for like the crosses or the passes he doesn't connect on, it seems like he's really good at like standing outside the box and like finding like a cross in between space. Kind of like Cancelo or De Bruyne do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting as well, a lot of people said his passing is not the best. Well, he just put 93% pass percentage through. So it goes to show when you play for City, obviously you've got to play a little bit different. So um, those, those numbers look better. And like you said, his his work rate, his box-to-box is fantastic. Honestly, it's, it's so surprising how well he's been playing. I, I yeah, was... I'm- <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, no, I'm surprised he's this good this early. That's the more surprising thing. I knew he would be this good. I feel like when City first signed him, I was I was more bullish on him than most City fans. Yeah, I feel like you most were. City fans were. were. I, I A feel lot of like City fans most... were like, meh. <laughs> that, that was the that was the main the main way people were reacting. Meh. <laughs> yeah, I I don't blame city fans either right like I, I when you look at it on paper you're like this guy was the fifth choice or whatever the fourth choice he came from wolves where he was fine but he wasn't particularly standout and also like city signed him for what 50 million pounds roughly so it's not like he's a big superstar 100 million pound signing so mm-hmm. it's you're just not going to be as excited about him but I I don't know. I liked that his like his skill set is just so raw well. in a way. Yeah, and it, well. it, it yeah, and it's just it's very natural. Like the things, it's kind of like what Pep said about him when Pep said like the stuff that he does well, you can't teach. He's like, we'll teach him, you know, the the close control and the dribbling and the first touch and that kind of stuff. He's like, I can teach him that, but. There are things that he does that you can't teach, and mm. um, he's been really good at displaying that. Yeah, agree, agree. All so, right, yeah, we, and then we go into what second half up to nil. To be honest, the way I felt, I'm like, oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna cruise. It's gonna be a nice, relaxing second half. Nope, not gonna be relaxing. No, thank you. Have well, even tense, after the first half, hold on. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the end of. The first half, I feel like after City scored their second goal, they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. It was a little they more did. sloppy. They did a little bit, yeah. It, it was perfect 35 minutes. Like we, we probably should have scored a little bit more in that first um, 25 minutes. There was a great chance that actually Doku created where he 
basically passed it straight into Alvarez's feet, but he just couldn't 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 work it out to get a good shot off. Um, so there were, there was heaps of chances where we created where it's like, okay, we, we could have scored more. But yeah, I agree. We 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 weren't we weren't the greatest after that second goal. Yeah, and then like you said, literally the first thing that happens in the second half. I think I was barely even paying attention yet. I, and- I actually, <laughs> I wasn't either. I actually, so I usually I don't like watching halftime shows. I find them boring. Um, so I usually just switch on as soon as the second half starts, and I switched on when the fight was going on and I seen um, Anthony Taylor basically putting his red card back into his pocket and I'm like, hold on, what the fuck just happened? Because <laughs> I'm like, come on, I, I, what, what, it, this, it just started, what happened? I was, And then it's like, Roger got a red card, I'm like, oh no, what have we done? I, I was ho- hoping for a nice cruisy second half at two o'clock in the morning, but no. No, you can't. You can't have a nice cruisy two o'clock in the morning um, game when you're <laughs> when you're watching Manchester City, right? <laughs> yeah, I I leave the halftime show on, but I'm usually not paying attention or anything. I think I was doing something around my house. Like, I don't know what it was. And then I I came back, and the first thing I see is like Rodri and I forgot who it even was from Nottingham Forest. Morgan Gibbs, what? Yeah, and they're just like in each other's face, and then Rodri puts his hands on him. I'm like, oh no! And then he falls down, and I'm like, oh no, that's not good. <laughs> red card. I'm surprised Anthony. It's, it's a clear it. red card, right? Yeah, look, I I can't argue the red card. It's it's to be fair to the Premier League referees. This is probably one of the only things they're consistent with. If you lay hands on another player. You're getting a red card. They just don't want the violent conduct in the game, and, th- and there's reasons for it, right? You you don't want. It's not a good look for the game, and they want to make sure that teams are not at, not at each other's throats, literally. So for me, it's it's a red card. Like Casimiro, Casimiro did the same thing last season. He put his he put his hands around someone's neck. I can't remember who, but he put he put his hands around someone's neck for literally like half a second, and he got a red card and he got a suspension for three games. So as soon as as soon as I seen Rodri's you know, it looked it looked more of a push, not a not a throat grab. But as soon as it landed on his neck, Morgan Gibbs White did the smart thing of going to the ground. I mean, it's just, just what what um, football players do when they get hit in certain areas. If someone gets a headbutt, when you know, when you clash of heads, they just go down to the ground. If you, if you get hit hard on a knee or something, you go down. If you're in a penalty area, you go down, and that's because the refs will call it, and they know it's just, it's something they're very consistent with. And I can't in any shape or form disagree with the referee. It's it's to me the more disappointing part is Rodri. Absolutely stupid. Like just lost his head for like twenty seconds, right? But that but that losing your head and you know perhaps rightfully angry. Losing your head for twenty seconds can cost you a game. Can cost you multiple games, right? So Maybe the guy wanted a rest. <laughs> He's like, the only way I'm going to get a rest is by doing something stupid like this. I don't know, but it's very un- it's uncharac- uncharacteristic from Rodri for me. That's the main thing. <clears throat> but yeah. stupid. It's in the moment. They got heated. You know, it happens. You move on. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, uh, it was just incredibly stupid. From Rodri, that's that's the best way to put it, honestly, because, you know, he, I know he, like, he was, he looked like he was about to put his hands on his throat, and then he, like, pulled back once he realized what he was doing, but it's too late by that point, and he just, he should know better, and usually he does, like, he is one of the more, he kind of, like, took up that Fernandinho role in the way where he plays. Like, he does some questionable things on the field, but he, he's very calculated in how he does it. Like, he doesn't lose his head. Ah, uh, so Fernandinho's was- lost his head. Do you remember Chelsea? <laughs> was it 2016? Yeah, 2016. 2016-17 season. Fernandinho lost his head in the last minute as well. Put his, put his, um, put his um, fingers and hands around... Um, Fabregas's neck 
and red card as well, suspension. So, hey, maybe he's following the Fernandinho <laughs> footsteps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It, it's, I don't know. It was, yeah, a really stupid decision, obviously. Deserves the red card, I guess. The And it was, I guess, the one thing to say is it was really good for City to hold on to the lead. You know, like, that's that's not a given. It's a 2-0 lead. Essentially, at that point, you just want to protect your lead and get out with the three points. And City did that, right? Kept a clean sheet. Um, yeah, so, 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 so the main thing from the red card is obviously the whole game changes, right? Like you said, you know, set up defensively. You know, even the subs surprised me. So Phillips coming on really surprised me. I, I still didn't expect him to come on, but... I've seen a lot of people call out his cameo as a um, as a good performance. It's, I can't really take anything from a game with 10 men, though. So We're not, we're not going to really play in that way ever again, I don't think. That's the thing. So I mean, I, I wasn't really surprised, though. In terms of what? Phillips playing good or? No, for him coming on. Like, who else is going to come on? Like, I just expect... I, I, Ake did come on, but I expected Ake to come on, you know, for an attacker, and then we just basically, I don't know, put a punch in the middle or something. I don't know, Gavardi on the middle. I did still did not expect um, Phillips to come on. I just did not expect it. I, I, I just think, you know, Pep's not going to play him ever. So that's why I was surprised for him to come on, even even in a situation like this. Yeah, I, I thought like. Phillips was fine, you know, like like you said, you can't really take a whole lot from it, but you got to remember that he just looked shocking all of last year. So for him to even look fine, like for him to for to even be kind of indifferent to the way he played is a step up from from where he was. Because yeah. it was last year, just anytime he was on the field, he stuck out like a sore thumb that he was incredibly bad. So... For him to come on the field for almost 45 minutes and not look shocking is a win. You know why he didn't look shocking, right? And the reason is we didn't have the ball. <laughs> That's the honest reason. So usually he sticks out like a, sore, like a sore thumb because we're usually the ones dominating possession and moving the ball around and passing. And then as soon as he gets the ball, he either does a shit pass or loses the ball or doesn't look great on the ball or doesn't do the right decisions. But in a game like this where we're playing with 10 men, we don't have the ball much and basically we're playing on the counter-attack. So I think in that whole second half, we probably had like two attacking opportunities. There was one where Harlan missed a, another chance from a, from an Ake pass. And I, I can't even remember if there was any other ones. Maybe there was one corner, but that's about it. Like this, We didn't really attack. We weren't the ones dominating possession. So yeah, okay, he looked good, but he was playing basically as a defensive midfielder, essentially just not touching the ball. It, 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 he, he looked good for a team that would that is fighting relegation, basically, right? <laughs> That's how I look at it, honestly. So, like, I can't really take anything away from it. Like, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, it looked great, you know, if, you know, maybe Phillips is finally getting it. It's like, not for me, because as soon as we go back to where, the way we play when we have 11 men, he's going to look completely different again because we, we need him to be that player that, you know, moves the ball forward in that first phase. You know, play that defensive midfield role is not just about winning the ball back. It's about how you dictate play from the back. So, like I said, for me, I can't really see, uh, I can't really take much from it. But an interesting quote from, from Phillips, he said, this is his biggest week in his career. So, obviously, he's starting against Newcastle um, in a couple of days. For some people, this when this comes out, will probably be tomorrow. For me, it's in two days because uh, it's night time. Two nights before, because it's a morning game. Um, but yeah, so he's obviously going to play that game. I don't know. I don't think. I don't expect him to get any other games. I don't expect him to play against Wolves or Arsenal in the Premier League. So really, it's that forty-five minutes he got, and the ninety minutes he'll most likely get against Newcastle. Do you, do you take yeah. anything away from from his quote, where he's saying it's the biggest week in his career that he has to, you know, where he's going to have to prove himself? Not really. Um, like, okay, I agree with you that there's not 
I don't think there's some big epiphany moment that we had because he put in a decent 45 minutes against Forrest. I don't think that. But do I think he he did what he was like? He did his job. He did his job. Well, in it, then yeah, that's. But that's good compared to what he was. So, like, I, I, I can't really hate on him for that. Like, Pep told him, "You do this when you get on the field." Sometimes he he actually progressed the ball, like with with dribbling or something like that. That's fine. he had one good dribble. He, he did, yeah, he did. Yeah, he he did fine. So he did fine. But does that mean that it? It changes his position in the team? Probably not. Um, now, I do think it is a big week in his career at City, though, because he's going to get a start at Newcastle. We all know that. Um, it's going, like, he needs to be really, really good in order for him to even have a chance of... And I don't even think I don't really think he'll have a chance at at Wolves or at Arsenal, right? Kovacic will be but, back, and he'll play Kovacic and Nunes in midfield. Yeah, most likely. Um, I'm saying just for his like, if he plays really well at Newcastle, that at least puts something in Pep's mind. Like this guy is at least developing, right? Like he at least might be an option. Like just putting that little like one percent in his head, maybe that he might be an option if Calvin Phillips is really good at Newcastle. He so, might yeah, be an, it, for me. For me, the only option he'll be would be to give Rodri a rest. So like, in ter- not not a rest as in like a full game or start a game. It'll be like, okay, we're winning. It's seventy minutes. I can I can trust Phillips for twenty minutes. Maybe, but that's kind of what he was before. I I think. Was I think, he? <laughs> I mean, I think like he only when got it was one like, chance last year, it was against Leicester, was like and then we looked nil, terrible. Nil. Yeah, but it's like when it's like four nil or five nil or something, he'll come on, right? But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like generally, it's really hard when Pep doesn't want to play you, and when he doesn't trust you, it's really hard to gain that trust. But it has happened, right? Like Zinchenko it was a perfect example, like. We just couldn't loan him out, so he hung around the team, and he earned Pep's trust. There was John Stones. Like, remember, we almost sold John Stones. He was he yeah. was basically out of the team, and then he put in some good performances in some cup games, and Pep started giving him more minutes, trusting him more. By the end of the season, he looked like one of the best defenders in the world. And I'm not saying Calvin Phillips is going yeah, to Yeah, it's very, it's very hard to compare doubt Phillips to those No, I, well, my point is, is that these cup games, if you perform well, you could at least be on a road to earning Pep's trust, even a little bit, right? Like, even then, maybe Pep could see you as a rotation guy at the very least, right? Because right now, he's viewed as like, Sergio Gomez or Oscar Bob. Like that's <laughs> that's like the level he's viewed at. So Yeah. You know, that that is I I do agree that it's kind of the most important week in his city career because it's it's very make or break. It's either can you be a contributing squad member that even if you don't get a ton of minutes, even if you you know, but maybe it puts you on the path to at least being a lower level squad player, or if you're not good against Newcastle, that's kind of the nail in the coffin at your time at city. Yeah. So I, I, that's, I guess where I would agree with him that it's, um, it is kind of make or break because if he's got awful at Newcastle, like he'll probably, <laughs> I think at that point, he'll probably just say, all right, that's fine. I, I can go on loan in January. <laughs> yeah, well, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so, yeah, it, look, it's an. Inter- it's but be I, an inter- I don't think we'll see him in either of the other Premier League games. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I can't say. Look, he's definitely not starting against Arsenal. So in reality, his only other opportunity to start again or play again is against Wolves. But I just can't see past Kovacic and. And Nunes 
for for both for both Wolves and um, Arsenal or and Bernardo. He, and, yeah, or Bernardo. It could be, it could be it could be a, a, a trio of all three of them. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if you know against Arsenal. I feel like he might put Bernardo, Kovacic, and Nunes because it'll just absolutely control the midfield. And then you put like Foden. It, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how how Pep does it. You know. <clears throat> because that would mean Alvarez or potentially Doku or yeah, it just depends who would play. I wouldn't surprise if I see Grealish in that team instead of Doku, for example. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's still uh, that's still that's still two three weeks away. So we'll we'll have a clearer picture as we get closer because we don't know who's going to be back. Banana might not be fit. Yeah, same with Grealish. Yeah, against Wolves, like there's obviously I think there will be a double pivot, right? There will be you know kind of Walker Hyde. You have to, yeah, you have pivot. to. And I mean, we've been doing it with Rodri anyway, so I think we do it without him. And I guess the question on who will be playing in the double pivot would be Nunez, Kovacic, or Bernardo. It's it's two of those three. We just don't know which ones. Um, for, for for me, I feel like you have to have Nunez only because he's more of a physical presence than either of Kovacic or Bernardo. Maybe, but also like. Gundogan could play the six, and he did it well. So yeah, he did. He did. That's true. That's that's a good point. So I don't know. It, but, but, I mean, but a Gund- lot of it Gund- depends hey, on Bernardo's injury. Gundogan's a unicorn. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, let's be honest. Gundogan's something else. So uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I feel like I feel like to give Pep confidence, I expect at least two of the three, um, and I expect Nunes. That's that's my feeling right now. But it could change. You know, as Wolves and. And, you know, we'll see how he sets up against Newcastle as well. If he's going to play Phillips in a lone DM role, I doubt it, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Moving, moving on from Phillips and, and the DM scenario for a second. Haaland missed another big opportunity um, from, from an Arke pass where, you, again, an open net scenario. Are you getting concerned with his, with his finishing? Like, he's still he's no. still scoring bucket loads, but... His chances missed is really high in comparison to last season, which is like like almost all the time when I when I see Haaland in those positions, I'm expecting the the back of the net to just ripple, but it's not happening as often. Which is like it's crazy, right? You just he's such a machine that you just expect it to always go in. So you know, maybe he's just proving that he's human after all. But are you concerned at all? With with his finishing, or do you just think he'll just keep getting the chances? But the main thing is we're we're creating a lot of chances, right? So that's that's the that's the exciting thing. We're actually creating a lot more chances than last season, but he's now missing those chances. So yeah, yeah. I mean, few- he's still he's still converting the vast majority of them. You know, or not vast majority. Vast majority. I would yeah. say, okay, so most strikers miss a lot of big chances, right? And obviously, he should be converting those, but. Does it really worry me? No. Like, okay. So, so oh, he's only going to score eight goals in six games? I think I'll take that. You know what I mean? Like, like that's I, not worrying yeah. for me at all. The, the, on, the only worry for me is if the misses are getting to his head, right? And, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel this as much with Haaland because he's, I, I feel like he's got such an elite mentality. But I'm I'm starting to wonder. It's start, it's starting to creep into my mind. Is he is he getting like because you see his facial reactions after he misses? He's just like, oh god, how did I miss that type of type of reaction? And I'm starting to wonder. I'm like, are these misses getting to his head? Where he's like, okay, I'm I'm missing too many easy chances, and then he's not fluffing the next one. But I'm I'm starting to worry that it will get to him. I'm just hoping it doesn't. But. It's Haaland, and in my head, I'm like, okay, he's got such an elite mentality; it shouldn't be an issue. But yeah, it's it started it started to creep in. I put I put it I put it there on the agenda for myself, just to, as a question. But look, if you're not worried, I'm not worried. <laughs> well, that the the other thing too is, especially this opportunity, that wasn't easy to convert. Like that's not a setter. It was like at knee height. Like that's yeah, it's coming right at your knees. That's not easy. That's not like a tap in. By any yeah, means. And that's and that's my point, right? That's my point. I expect Haaland because I've got such high expectations of him from last season where it's like any any half chance or any half decent ball in his area, I just expect him to finish it. That's that's my honest 
feeling about how good he is. So that's why I'm like, okay, maybe he's just come down a slight little level from last season where his his finishing was just, you know, out of this world to still out of this world, but just a little bit less, you know, a little bit more human. (laughs) I I think he'll turn it around. Like, remember, we came from a world where we had Gabriel Jesus and Raheem Sterling. (laughs) So I'm not gonna complain. Like, yeah, you can you can watch those two guys at, at Arsenal and uh, Chelsea where they've <laughs> missed multiple chances over and over again. So look, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm just I'm just seeing if there's a seed of doubt. That's all. I was just, I was fishing for it. <laughs> I think it was Asan on ninety three twenty who said something like, "This is like complaining that you spilled coffee in your Rolls Royce." Or something like that. Like that's basically what it is. I don't know the exact <laughs> yeah, quote, but it was something like that. Like, it's good, or like it's the, good the, idea. the leathers worn in your Rolls Royce. <laughs> like, that's what it is. Yeah, basically, basically. Talking of um of other performances and and players in the team, you know, because of this second half being um, so one sided for once for the for the opposing team, we've seen Edison. Edison made some fantastic saves and. I feel like this is an underrated part. And I remember me and you talking about this really, really early when we started the pod about is Edison good enough to win us a Champions League because of his save rate? Not only has he been fantastic since that conversation, but he's making clutch saves. So he's made clutch saves consistently over the last six months. And he's doing, he done it again in this game. Coming out at the right times, sweeping at the right times, clutch saves with his hands at the right times, you know, th- those are some difficult saves that he did. And I don't feel like he's getting the credit that he deserves. Yeah, I think that he has, it's Stefan Ortega has been the best thing that's happened to him because it really pushes him, right? Like, yeah, he now knows that he doesn't have a huge margin for error because there's a guy right behind him who is more than good enough to play deeper for City, right? Like, he didn't have to worry about Zach Steffen. He didn't have to worry about Claud- Claudio Bravo. He so didn't just, have to just worry a, about Muric. Just a quick point on Zach Steffen. Do you know he's still under contract he's still at on, Manchester City? <laughs> he's not on loan. He's, he's like, not on he's loan. He didn't get transferred out. He's, he plays for us. I was, I was looking at the, the team list the other day. I'm like, what? Did we not transfer him out? <laughs> Maybe he plays against Newcastle. Who knows? <laughs> no, 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 he wasn't brought mm. in to compete for the number one position, but Ortega's that good. Like, he yeah. is legitimately that good. I think he's good enough to start for almost any team in the world. And he's now pushed Ederson, and you can see it. Like, Ederson, even fundamentally, is a much better keeper. Like, you can see it when there's, like, one-on-ones. He doesn't just – I feel like he used to just rush out, like, very – Recklessly, almost. And now it seems a little bit more fundamental. Yeah, his decision-making has improved tenfold in the last six months, seven months. It's just, he he's just looks, <laughs> talking decision-making, he almost got a red card himself, almost, almost. But besides that, he's just, he's looked fantastic. Like, it's crazy the turnaround that he's done. You know, I think he had the highest save rate in the in the Champions League as well. But I feel like he's yeah. not. I I still feel like he hasn't got the credit that he deserves. I think people just expect him to be, you know, the Edison of old. But he, he hasn't been. He's just been. He's been like, better, really, much better. Yeah, he's been. He's been on like for me, like on Allison's level, right? With the with the saving, with the, and he's better with his feet than Allison. So for him to now, you know, be able to give us clutch saves, you know, be very very controlling of his of his entire box with the sweeping ability. You know, again, it's just another dimension of how much better this city team is, and how much from previous years, where I felt like that was a weakness, where like Edison would always let us down in in a key moment, or or when you expect, if you had like a 
a really world class saving keeper, a goal saving keeper, um, and he's he's been that for us. So you know, again, great saves. So I have to give him. I his think credit. the one thing I will say about Ederson is for the entire time he's been at City, it's very rare that he does something boneheaded that leads to a goal. Like he might not save the best at times. He's obviously cleaned that up. We just talked about that. But I mean, just over his time at City, like there are saves that you wish he could make, but he's never done anything like super bone, like where a ball just bounces off of him into the goal or something yeah. like that. But Whereas distribution wise, no, never. And that is and same with distribution wise, where like he'll just pass it to the wrong person. Like it's been very rare. It was like that one in the 17-18 season where he like got it to Salah and Salah chipped him from like, I don't know, 40 yards or something like that. That was yeah. literally his first season. And that was City's first loss that season. But it's like it's incredibly rare, right? Mm. And that's something that you can't really say for almost any other keeper out there, even the best keepers. Like Allison, remember like Allison, I've seen him make many mis- really bad mistakes with his feet. Distribution wise, yeah. Distribution wise, Edison, I'm never worried. And I think Andre Onana this year has already made <laughs> more like boneheaded, like ball just bounces off of him right into the goal. <laughs> Same with De Gea. De Gea would make the most amazing saves, but then something incredibly stupid would happen where it would just like, it's a save that is easy and routine and it just like goes through his legs or something stupid, <laughs> right? And that is something that has really very rarely happened to Ederson, which is, it's nice to have that where it's nothing where it's just completely boneheaded. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what are are you serious? Did you really just do something that stupid? <laughs> yeah. Or even like yeah. Zach Steffen. Remember in the yeah, did, was it, yeah. Like Carabao Cup or something? It was the FA Cup semi-final against Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Straight to straight to Mane. Yeah, He's Mane right. closed him down. Just went right in the goal. <laughs> yeah, and everyone I remember lost this. I think that's that's probably when Chicky got on the phone. Is like I need to sign a new keeper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the, if you're talking about like mistakes that Edison used to do, it was more around his sweeping. He'd come out at the wrong time, leaving his goal very exposed. And other times where he'd give away a penalty because he's tackled the play with his hands. But otherwise, he's been he's been great. And this last year, to me, has probably been one of the best keepers in the world. So yeah, but not as good as Anana. <laughs> did what, you what's see? Did you, what's he conceded? Did, Ten goals already in the Premier League. Did United. you see the report that um, that United might already be looking to replace him? No, I haven't. I haven't. There, I can't. And and I wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't there was a report me. that this said shambles. United was looking at Jan Oblak from uh, mm-hmm. Atletico to potentially replace him, which I thought was hilarious. Because <laughs> Oblak's not the greatest with his feet, is he? No, he's not good with his feet at all. But he's a very, very good shot stopper. Yeah, that's typical, typical United move. Um, that doesn't make no sense because they can't stick to way of playing. But then again, Eric Ten Hag will probably get sacked within the next two months because <laughs> just they're just a shambles, which is which is great for us. I love it. I love to see it. But yeah, they're, okay. they're just a shambles. Let's before we get on to we'll do a couple minutes on kind of the rest of the league in general. But before that, do you think now that Rodri uh, is out essentially, I mean, Newcastle, I don't really care. He wasn't going to play in that game anyways. So, yeah, um, for Wolves and for Arsenal, are you super like how worried are you exactly? Is it something where you think? Oh, we're, we're fucked now. Or is it something like, obviously, it's not ideal, but, you know, I think we could still win. Well, if I'm being honest, so against Wolves, I'm not that worried. I think we can get through that game. It's the Arsenal game that worries me. And I've been saying it since the start of the season. 
I feel like we've become the Rodri team, right? He's he is the the linchpin for everything that we that's good about this city team. And when you if you take him out, the quality is significantly drops, right? And this is the thing, like it's like Haaland, right? Haaland, you take out Haaland, you can put Alvarez up front. So the quality is still there. The issue with with Rodri is. In reality, the the only defensive midfield in the team besides Rodri is Phillips. You can make makeshift, um, you know, lineups ups with Nunes and Kovacic, but we haven't seen it in play yet. So, am I worried? Yes. Do I still think we can beat Arsenal at the Emirates? Yes, I do. Has my confidence dropped? Yeah, hundred percent. It's he's like I said, he's he's and he's he's creating goals for us. He's scoring goals for us. He's controlling the tempo from the back. He doesn't lose the ball in the back. And he does everything good in the back. Back to front. So, yeah, 100%. It's it's a huge miss. It's going to be a massive miss for the Arsenal game because he's our best player. And he's our biggest loss. And that's why him him doing what he did with that red card is you're just looking at me. Fucking hell. Stupid. It's stupid because of how much it hurts us against against Arsenal away from home, right? So it's not even a it's not even a game at the Etihad. It's away, so and we haven't like you know everyone's really confident about beating Arsenal because I think we've beat them eleven games in a row, right? Away and at home, but this is a lot better Arsenal team than the last eleven games, right? So and then we've had tough games away from home. At the Emirates, you know, go back to last season, not the one that just went, the one before that. We won a last-minute winner with Rodri scoring the winner. So, yeah, it's 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 a huge, huge, huge loss. So, I am worried, and it, it's for me. If we get through Wolves, we'll be seven out of seven, and I wanted to go into that game being seven wins out of seven, but I didn't want to go into it without Rodri. So yeah, I am a little bit worried. I'd say I'm less worried than you. Like, look, obviously, City is worse without Rodri in there. Obviously. But I am much more at ease because of kind of the options there, right? Like, with Kovacic, with Nunes, with Bernardo, if if Bernardo's healthy by that point, which I think he will be. That can make, like, okay, if, if you're looking at a lineup, right, you have... Something like Gavardiol, Diaz, Akanji, Walker in the back line, right? And then say you have Kovacic, Bernardo, Foden, Alvarez, Holland, and Doku or Grealish, right? That team is more than good enough to dominate Arsenal. That team is more than good enough to beat Arsenal. So is it going to be harder? Obviously, right? Like, it's obviously going to be hard when you lose a player like Rodri, it's going to be harder, but I still expect city to get a result at the very least, get a draw. Yeah, I, I expect look, that. I'll be, I'll be and happy I, and I, would I be surprised if city won? No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. So yeah, it's going to be harder, but I'm still not worried. I still think we're still better than Arsenal. Yeah. Like, we're, Arsenal we're, haven't really impressed me a ton this year. Yeah, like, like I said, we are a better team. My, my worry stems from the fact that we haven't seen our team much without Rodri. And that's something I feel like a lot of people have, are, are missing. You know, he's, he played like 85% of our minutes last season when he was available. Well, it's so, also good that we have two weeks until Arsenal and we have a Wolves game to see yeah. that, right? So Yeah, that's, that's the, that that's the big too. thing. That's the big thing. So, and, and the other worry is like usually we play Arsenal with Kevin De Bruyne, and Kevin De Bruyne absolutely hates Arsenal. I don't know why, but he hates him, and he scores every time he plays him. <laughs> it just he absolutely puts a blinder on every time. Every time we actually play Arsenal, so we're we're basically going into the Arsenal game without the midfield that we played against them last season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mm. I mean. You could you could say we're going we're going again to the Emirates with a completely different midfield than we did last season. Yeah, but also like we played them in the Community Shield without Kevin De Bruyne. I don't think he played in that game, or maybe he didn't play very much. And we controlled most of that game too. Like they they had that last minute winner and then one in penalty kicks or the last minute uh, equalizer 
and won the penalty kicks, but we controlled most of that game too. So I don't know, maybe I, like especially, and we've talked about Kevin De Bruyne in general. Like obviously he's a huge miss because he's Kevin De Bruyne, but mm. we have so many dynamic players that it's not the hardest person to miss. If that makes sense, like it's kind of like if. Ruben Diaz went out. Like obviously that's a huge mess, but City's so stacked. Or John Stones, a perfect example. He's injured, but City still look amazing because our defensive options are so good that we have good cover for him. That's how I feel about Kevin De Bruyne. Is yeah, obviously Kevin De Bruyne's amazing, but we have Foden and Julian Alvarez and our midfielders in general, like Kovacic, Nunes, like. We have plenty of options, and so, yeah, so, <laughs> so it feel, it's a little easier. So, do you want to know the lineup that we went to the Emirates last time? So the last time we went to the Emirates, it was a Gundogan, Kevin De Bruyne, Roger midfield. So all three players won't be available this season. Um, and Bernardo Silva playing left back. You <laughs> don't forget that one. And, oh yeah. <laughs> and we and we actually started Mares and Grealish that game. So it's basically we're basically going to the Emirates from February last year to, to like what seven months later, completely probably different team. Like it's all, it's, it's yeah, it's fine. I'm sure it's gonna be fine, right? Like like I said, but that's that's why that's why when you say am I worried, it's that reason. I don't know because I haven't seen it, right? And this is to me our biggest test, right? All the games we've played so far, we've played against. Besides Newcastle, um, who haven't looked the best this season, but besides <laughs> well, just me That's saying that, as, as, say after. I know, I know, they just beat a team eight 0 But let's let's be honest, Sheffield United is a is a relegation championship team at best. <laughs> um, but besides Newcastle, we actually haven't had a game against a big six team. So this will be our first big game for me. Right, it's it's our first yeah. actual big, big, big Premier League test. So we've looked fantastic against the other teams, and I'm sure we're going to look good against Arsenal. But it just makes it that much harder without Rodri. That's all. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I agree. It's it's definitely harder without Rodri, and Rodri's just looked he's he's looked like the best midfielder on the planet. That's, so that's exactly right. Yeah, you, you're basically missing your best player, your two best players in a way, right? Kevin De Bruyne and Rodri. And you just look at it and go, okay, our midfield is completely different. So, But look, I'm sure Pep, Pep will have a plan and we'll know a lot more after the Wolves game. And we'll, I'm sure we'll have a conversation after the Wolves game and it, <laughs> the reaction will be like, yeah, I'm not worried at all. Or, yeah, I am really worried now. <laughs> but it could just be like, yeah, I think we'll just be completely fine. And how Nunes does, for me, how my, my, my prediction is Nunes and Kovacic will start against Wolves. And how they do play in that midfield will tell me a lot about how we're going to play against Arsenal. It wouldn't surprise me if Bernardo is on the right wing for that game as well against Arsenal. And then Bernardo comes into midfield a little bit more to help out to, to make sure we're controlling the midfield completely. Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure because Bernardo on the right wing, and it, this all depends on Bernardo's health, right? But assuming yeah. he's healthy... I think we would see Bernardo in midfield before we'd see him on the right wing because the right wing isn't really a right winger, right? They're more of an eight because Walker plays high and wide or has been. So if Walker's going to do that again, which I think will happen because then you'd have a midfield double pivot instead of somebody stepping up from defense. And mm. John Stones isn't going to be healthy, I don't think. So he might be. He's gonna st- if he is, he then, that's, then that's, that's it, But It's still, you know... Half a month if, away. Just yeah, four, if, four if he does, then that's then that's different. But if not, nobody's going to step up from defense into midfield, so it's going to be a, a midfielder dropping, right? So yeah, then I think it will be Bernardo and Kovacic potentially, just because like that quote quote unquote right wing slash like right sided eight will be Foden and then Alvarez, and I don't think Pep will drop. Like Alvarez looks undroppable. And he's played, what, almost every minute in the Premier League this season? Like, he's... I don't think Foden or Alvarez will be dropped, personally. 
and then you'll have either Grealish or Doku, probably Grealish, on the left-hand side. So, um, personally, I think it wouldn't surprise me if, for Arsenal, I I think for Wolves, Nunes will probably play. I don't know if Bernardo will be healthy, but if Bernardo's healthy, I expect him to play in the double pivot. Yeah, uh, uh, to me, we don't know how we'll set up against Arsenal, more because we haven't had a tough, tough game to play. Pep usually sets up completely different when we've got a really, really tough game. He goes a lot more conservative. Like for me, you probably see Grealish on the wing. You'll see, you have those control players. You get me? So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Like I know you're saying Alvarez is undroppable, but there's a high chance he doesn't play only for the reason of Pep goes for the ultimate control. We we just don't know because it is Emirates away. If if it was we're playing at home, then I'd say okay, Alvarez, Foden would definitely start. But the fact they were away at home, away from home um, at the Emirates, is is making me question how Pep was set up, just based on I, based on based on last season how Pep did set up against tougher teams. I still see Alvarez playing because I think Pep looks at him as undroppable, and also his work rate, his pressing, will be really helpful against um, against Arsenal. I, I I don't see Alvarez getting dropped personally. Because I think he's just been that good. And he's remember, he started over Foden in the Community Shield. Everybody was pissed about that. You remember? Everybody yeah. was angry yeah, that's right. that he was yeah, playing yeah. over Foden. And so I think I think that he's he's sort of undroppable. And I think it'll be maybe Nunes that makes way if Bernardo's healthy. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting one. Well, we'll chat about that after the after the um, the Wolves game, I'm sure, and we'll try to dive a bit, de- bit deeper with a bit more understanding of where we where we are as as a squad. Um, just quickly, uh, any man of the match for you for that for that last game? <laughs> Foden, I guess. I don't know. It's a tough one, eh? It's because it's, it's just... <laughs> how do you judge a game with 45 minutes, honestly? Yeah, I mean... I, you know what? I'm going to give it to Edison. Um, I'm going to give it to Edison. Yeah. Just because just, just he... Yeah, I say he's great. You know, kept the clean sheet. Down to 10 men. You know, under all the pressure. Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz was really Ruben good. Diaz. Ruben Diaz is consistent. He's just there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he, <laughs> it's just the same performance over and over again. Yeah. Stonewall. It was it was a good performance. Yeah. And final final thing before we um before we head off. Do you really care about the Newcastle game? <laughs> do you even want to talk about it? <laughs> um I think it'll be interesting to see how weak the lineup will be and who will play I, I and wanna, how they I, play. I, I want to see about 10 Academy plays. That's what I want to see. I don't think that's what's going to happen. It won't. won't. I'm sure it won't. But I I want to see 10 Academy plays plus Phillips just so I can laugh. (laughs) At first, I thought it was going to be all a bunch of kids, right? And the more I think about it, I don't think it's going to be that way because I think he's going to play Grealish for like 45 to 60 minutes just for fitness purposes. Minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we'll see probably Ake. Because he's just gotten less minutes because of Gavardiol. I think. I don't know who else on the back line we'll see. I think. I think no. for me. I, for me, the the main players from the first team squad that we'll see will be Lewis, Gomez, yeah. Ake, Phillips. So that's four players. Then Ortega five. Um, Grealish Oscar is a good. Sh- Grealish is a good shout. So that's six. You'll see Oscar Bob. That's seven. And then it's just about uh, maybe Nunes, just because yeah, he's he's fairly he's still getting new used to the team. Yeah, you might see you might even see Kovacic get a few you know twenty thirty minutes cameos or um, yeah maybe those guys. And then from there, I I just don't know. Yeah, <laughs> at, the, at that point, you, you, you need you need a, you need a couple center backs, right? So you you'll need. I wonder who maybe, who will play. Who has to I play? Think a you'll see Ake. I you'll think see, you'll I, see I think, yeah, I think you'll see Ake Akanji in the middle with. I don't know if we'll see Akanji. He's played like every minute. Yeah, but Akanji always plays every minute. <laughs> <laughs> I so don't for know. Me, I think 
He has to give Diaz a rest, and Stones is not ready. So unless you see, unless it's Gavardi or Ake and Akanji, or Gavardi or Ake, but I don't see, I don't see him doing a, two left footers. I just don't see it. But I expect Lewis and Gomez to be the flanks for me. They have to be the flanks, and then you have. See, it's an interesting. This is probably the most interesting part about who about this game. Who's going to actually play? Um, and then front line is Oscar Bob. Grealish, who do you think? You think he plays Holland? No, I don't think Holland or Alvarez play. I think because they've played too many minutes already. Probably be somebody from the academy at either center back or striker. It wouldn't surprise me if he had an academy center back in there. Who's going to play striker? Who's going to play striker from? Yeah, I don't know. I don't follow the academy well (laughs) enough to tell you. But yeah, yeah. I think he'll either that or he'll shoehorn somebody in. But I would highly I'd doubt be, that, yeah. that Holland or Alvarez got meaningful minutes. Maybe they came on as a sub at the end or something, but I would doubt it. I'd be pretty mad to see Alvarez or Holland in this game. No. Because I think they've played I, I too many so. minutes. They've played too many minutes. Hey, maybe we'll see a Car- <laughs> Scott Carson at left back or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I guess Zach Steffen is still part of the squad. <laughs> oh, good. All right, yeah, so look, uh, yeah, I, I feel like we've kind of called about eight, eight to nine players that should be in that lineup um, come against Newcastle. For me, the, the only real question marks will be a centre-back and a striker, essentially, who's going to be up there. I hope he yeah. doesn't play Alvarez or Haaland. Um, he he might play Alvarez only because he did he did hook him at sixty minutes um, against. Yeah, but um, he, he he hooked him for sub purposes though. Like yeah, if, it, it was tactical. Men and, yeah, yeah it was tactical. But that, that's the only reason why I'm saying like he could play. Maybe he'll put Alvarez for sixty minutes and hook him again, like just keep the legs going because he's so young and you know. But I, I, for me, I wouldn't play him. Like for me, Harlan Alvarez, Foden, Diaz. Um, Kovacic, it wouldn't be Rodri, but uh, but those players should not be, even Walker should not be anywhere near this game for me. Anywhere yeah. near it. I don't think they will. Leave them in Manchester, honestly. The rest of the team can go to, to can go to Newcastle. But yeah, let's just All wrap right. it up on that. <sighs> yeah, man. Yeah. All right, man. All right, uh, guys. Uh, we'll see you all after Newcastle and probably after Wolves as well. Stay tuned next week. Catch you guys. Bye.